It is the Saturday Coffee Clutch, and welcome everyone to Clutch with us with Heather Lofthouse and me. Hello. Hello, Heather. Happy to be here. Happy Coffee Clutch. Yes. It's, it's been, been an interesting... It's been <laughs> it, a week. It's been a week. I mean, the weeks just fly by. But here's the question. What what are you focusing on this week? Well, I'm focusing on what I would like you to focus on, if you would be so willing. Jobs and the economy? Yes. Jobs report. Yesterday. Yeah. Jobs report actually is pretty good. Um, you know, once you get above 200,000 new jobs per month, you're in... You're in fine shape. And it was a little bit of a, well, let's put it this way. Uh, everything is in very good shape. I mean, it is a Goldilocks economy in the sense that things are not so hot mm -hmm. that everybody's afraid of inflation. Inflation is actually cooling. And yet it is not so cool that people are now concerned about recession. Um, remarkably, I mean, uh, jobs continue to grow. The economy, we, we learned last week, the economy grew on an annualized basis of 2%, which is better than expectations. Uh, this really is a remarkable economy. And I think part of it can be attributed to the Biden administration. So... Why isn't everyone cheering in the streets about the economy then? I mean, well, we do. We wanted it to be more numbers, but that's not terrible. And will the Fed, are they going to raise Well, the Fed could. In yeah, July? They're giving uh, indications that they're going to continue to raise interest rates, which is, I, in my humble opinion, it's a mistake. You don't want to continue to raise interest rates. There's a lag between raising interest rates mm -hmm. and actually what the economy does. And they've already raised interest rates 10 times in a row. Uh, enough already. I right. mean, the, the inflation is slowing down. Um, I, was, I was interested, Heather, I don't know if you caught this, that the International Monetary Fund, which is not known for their radicalism, mm -hmm. uh, they did a report a couple of days ago in which they found that much of the inflation, now they were talking about Europe, right. but it's many of the same corporations, right. um, much of that inflation is due to uh, raising prices uh, for the purpose of getting bigger, fatter profit margins. Yes. Now, I saw that because you linked to it in one of your substacks, the yeah. IMF, but normally I don't follow them as closely as I probably well, but, should. But here's the thing. I mean, if the IMF, the conservative mm -hmm. establishment IMF is saying uh, inflation, inflation is linked to profit margins, inflation is going down, uh, but it's going down because a lot of the other sources of inflation are now getting under control. That is, the supply chains are being uh, kind of uh, uh, fixed and, and everything else that we were worried about. Food and fuel is still a little bit up in the air because of the war in Ukraine. But uh, a lot of big companies are still making out like bandits in terms of raising their prices. Um, so why doesn't the Biden administration talk about this? I it's know. a perfect opportunity for them to say, everything's going well, but uh, hello, corporations, right. you don't need to just keep on uh, raising your prices. Right. And they've had a few wins on the anti-monopoly front, right? They have. They have. They're actually, it, it's a very good administration in terms of antitrust, anti-monopoly, uh, but they're not broadcasting it. Right. Uh, in other words, they, they, you know, last week, one of the big issues was Bidenomics. They, they, they had decided, they, they unveiled their message for the campaign. It's everywhere. New York Times. He was, I mean, Twitter. But what is Bidenomics? Can you define it for me? Well, it's 
positive policies that are happening that are really benefiting a lot of people who don't know that it's benefiting the people. Heather, that's the exact problem. I mean, when you and the Democrat, this is the perennial Democratic capital D disease. You turn around, you tell people all the policies that have helped them, and they either say, well, we don't know that we're being helped, or policies don't help us, or why are we talking about policy when mm-hmm. I can't, you know, uh, it's, there's a, there's a, a kind of lack of, of connection mm-hmm. between um, rhetoric and message on the one hand by Democrats, and this isn't just this administration, no. this goes back, you know, this was the Clinton administration, I remember distinctly, this was all the time, uh, going up to the 96 uh, campaign we had the same problem. Uh, people say, either you're out of touch, you don't know how bad things are for me, mm-hmm. or if pe- or things good, they say, well, why should I attribute it to you? Right. I mean, it's the economy. Right, right, exactly. And They're so technocratic, but haven't we learned our message lessons yet, or is this phase one? No, I, I'm, I'm afraid that Democrats don't know enough about messaging. One of the most important things about messaging, uh, political messaging, is to identify not only what you're for and whose side you're on, mm-hmm. but whose side you are on in terms of whose side you're not on. Right. That is, you identify the people, your opponents. Oh, I does mean, Donald Trump? I mean, is he, is he <laughs> Donald this? Trump, he he's very good at it. I mean, unfortunately, uh, you know, he lies through his teeth and he's yeah. he's a, a, a proto fascist. Uh, but the, the the problem for the Democrats right now, I mean, here's a good example. You've got young people all over the country who are taking a much more active role in unionization mm-hmm. than ever before. 300 Starbucks outlets have been unionized at great effort, mostly because young people are doing it. Right. Um, and yet Starbucks still has not initiated a single negotiation. Right. Now, this is illegal mm-hmm. under the National Labor Relations Act. Uh, the NLRB has struck back at Starbucks. Yep. But why not have Joe Biden, who is the, as he says, uh, the most labor-friendly president in recent history, why doesn't he say, Howard Schultz, Starbucks, you are wrong. Shame on you. Start bargaining right, right now. And we've seen polls in the past that say this resonates with a full range of voter, right? This, this, um, I don't know, what do you call it? I mean, it's the it's the economic elites, but it's also the big corporations. I mean, all this stuff resonates hard. But will you tell us, too, about the Gallup poll from this week? Well, it's disturbing in the same regard, because Gallup poll said the people are, uh, Americans are less confident about the economy. Now, remember, you have all this good economic news, less confident about the economy than they've been since the financial crisis of 08, 09, which is astounding. I know. I mean, this really is a dissonance, a huge gap. When you ask people, are you satisfied with your own personal economy? Most people will say yes. But what do you think about the economy overall? Mm -hmm. They say it's lousy. But are they pleased with their own personal economy? I mean, what's leading them to say that? Is it? their own personal wages? Is it lack of savings? Is well, it- I, a lot of it has to do with who they are. I mean, if you are not not a college graduate in America today, um, you are probably not satisfied with right. your personal economy. You're not getting ahead. You are you know, living paycheck to paycheck. You have no job security. You have no union behind you. Uh, if you're poor, 
and you are non-college, uh, the tight labor market has helped you get a raise, uh, but that's pretty temporary. Right. Uh, so I would say the people who are doing well are the college graduates, the professionals. Uh, the Democratic Party has, over the last 25, 30 years, oriented itself to the college graduates of America, right. which is ironic. I mean, the, the old Franklin D. Roosevelt uh, Democratic coalition was non-college. It was right. working class. And I think the Democrats really got to get back into that working class groove. Uh, and Joe Biden, if he wants to be reelected, has got to do that. Right. And so this has been a big messaging win for Trump, too, right? Saying, Absolutely. My economy is was incredible and Biden's is terrible. And people just believe it. And, it's, and, and it's a bold faced lie. What we know about the Biden economy is that we've had more manufacturing investment right. double. I mean, in, in, during the entire four years of Donald Trump, there was a 5% increase in manufacturing investment. There has been a double increase uh, in manufacturing investment under Biden. There are 800,000 new manufacturing jobs alone. Where are these manufacturing jobs coming from? They're coming from, uh, you know, the Biden Infrastructure Plan, uh, the Biden Chips Act, right. uh, the Biden, you know, all of the incentives he's created. Yep. created under the uh, Inflation Reduction Act for solar and for wind. Um, but nobody knows about it. I know. Now, did you see, I know you did, but Trump in South Carolina, I hate to even bring this up, but I felt like he was more Trump than Trump. I think he's... He's getting Trumpier. He really is, though. I mean, uh, he sounds like a character of a caricature of himself now. He's becoming a he was a character a caricature character. of himself. Right. And now, now he's, he's becoming more squared. of a caricature of himself. But here's... Uh, you know, I, I hate to rain on every parade, uh, but here again, what worries me is that, uh, and I looked, you know, I, I wouldn't wish this on anybody. I did watch that entire speech in Perkins, uh, yep. South Carolina. Um, he looked energetic. He looked vital. He looked like he had strength. Mm -hmm. uh, and Donald Trump wants this whole election to be strength versus weakness. And he wants to paint Joe Biden as weak. Well, uh, the problem is that Joe Biden does look frail. I know. I, Heather, I, I hate to say it. I mean, I've I've been watching him as carefully as I've been watching Trump. And um, people who have seen him in person uh, on the stump, and he was out here in California last week, tell me that he does seem old. He I does know. seem like He's 80 years old. Right. And not kind of, I think Trump comes across so sassy. People love that. Well, they do. And and quick. Uh, and it's not policy. I mm -mm. mean, if, if there's anything Democrats have to learn, it, it people don't talk policy. Right. Uh, they talk strength and weakness, or they talk about the personality, uh, or they, and what they're seeing right now is two people running for president, uh, one of whom seems frail and one of whom seems very strong. Yeah. It's horrible. I mean, we can uh, look. I don't want to even conjure up the possibility of a second Donald Trump mm -mm. presidency. Please don't. I won't. Um, so, did you also see that he mentioned in terms of the Supreme Court? And we know in the past week and two weeks, the rolling back of civil rights and gay rights. I mean, it's been atrocious. And Trump said, "Look at these wins. We are moving the country forward regarding well, he, the Supreme Court." He was taking. He was taking credit for his three Supreme Ugh. Court picks. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, and, uh, you know, in some perverse way, he should take credit for them because he did get them through. Mitch McConnell uh, made sure that they got through. Uh, but you have a Supreme Court, six of the majority. And what they are doing now, that majority on affirmative action, they got rid of affirmative action. Uh, look at what they did to abortion rights, got rid of abortion rights. Uh, they are at every step of the way. They are undoing the social fabric uh, in ways that the public, you know, a lot of the public dislikes and doesn't want and distrusts the court. And Trump, yes, he's taking credit. Um, with regard to affirmative action, he even said in South Carolina, well, we're no longer going to have people who have not worked as hard as you taking your place in college. Mm, I mean, that's disgusting. a pretty thinly veiled racist yeah. comment. It's atrocious. I mean, it's so bad and it's right in front of us. And it's so interesting. The Supreme Court is so politicized. I mean, I don't remember presidential candidates bragging about the court, talking about the court in their stump speeches. No. And, the, and interestingly, a Quinnipiac poll last week showed that 30 percent, a new low, 30 percent of Americans believe the Supreme Court is trustworthy, mm -hmm. uh, have confidence in the court. And something over 70 percent believe the Supreme Court is political. Now, the reason that's significant is that the court has no n no ability to enforce what it what it says. I mean, it's it relies completely on public confidence. Uh, if you don't have public confidence in the court, what is to stop a future president, i.e., mm. somebody like Donald Trump, yep. from saying, "Well, I don't care what this court says. I'm going to do what I want." This is what Andrew Jackson, right. President Andrew Jackson said. Um, and uh, the court has got to maintain public trust, public confidence. This court under John Roberts and under, you know, with all of these six Republican, you know, majority uh, reactionaries uh, is not maintaining public confidence. So we need reform. I mean, that's the answer, right? I mean, we've gone down this path. Here we are. And the easiest reform. I mean, some people Ethics. say you, you pack the court. Right. Uh, well, Yes, you can try to do that. Franklin D. Roosevelt tried to do that in 1937. It was not very successful. Um, and the public was very upset. That was the end of the New Deal. Uh, the other thing you can do is to, if Congress ever got around to it, if there was ever a Democratic Congress again, when there is, uh, you could simply say, uh, look, the Supreme Court is not going to be forever. Once you get on the court, you are not going to have your job forever. Right. The Article 3 of the Constitution says, yes, judges keep their jobs for good behavior Where's as long as they're good behavior. My is Constitution it? is over here. Uh, the Article 3 says, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have it right here. Right here. Let's see. Is that, article, is that one of your dog-eared pages? Uh, this, yes, it is. No, there it was. Article, article 3. There Everybody, you have one. Page right? 12. And it says, uh, the power of the Supreme Court should be vested. Da, 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 judges shall hold their offices during good behavior. With, oh, here we go. With behavior capitalized. Capitalized is the but, operative but, word. But my point is that you could give them life appointments in, you know, just as the, just as the Constitution says, but they don't have to be for life on the Supreme Court. Right. They could rotate into the Court of Appeals. Mm -hmm. And you could have a, you know, an 18-year term for a Supreme Court justice, which strikes me as fair. Uh, that, on balance, would give every president uh, a shot at two Supreme Court justices. Mm. I mean, good. Right? I'll sign the petition. Okay, good. Let's do it. Um, so in other news, 
Elon is kind of God willing, crashing and burning, and Mark Boy, Zuckerberg. You are you are nothing but a positive. font of positive, exciting villains. News. So yeah, so Zuckerberg and Instagram. I mean, Meta's the parent company, but. Instagram launched threads this week and people rushed to download it and everyone's so excited. I don't think I think you're being sarcastic. Not and I a think little but bit. Elon, they're they're going to they're gonna fight. They're yeah. gonna fight this out. Well, that's different. I mean competition is one thing, but when you go into the ring people have heard this, right? There's actually a cage fight being but Zuck is really he's been training. Yes, and, this will be and, interesting. and Musk thinks it's he's, not gonna happen, is why, it? Why can I just step back for a second? We have in this country how many uh, millions of adults? Two hundred plus. It's it's a. I thought it was about three hundred. Maybe it is million. Hold on, I'll Google it. Okay, um, you're googling adults it. in the U.S. Does Trump count in that count? No, no, no. Even not. take Trump out. Okay. So you've got you've got minus one. A huge two hundred sixty million adults. Yeah. Now, out of two hundred sixty million adults in yeah. the United States, we have running for president one person who I think is very good, but he's very, very old and frail. And another person who is at the head of the Republican pack, who's a, a you know, a, a sociopath. I mean, a really a sociopath. Right, right. And then behind them, challenging them in the Democratic Party, you've got a total nutcase who has a famous name, uh, but he is Kennedy. completely crazy. Right. And then you have a, a governor from Florida who's a fascist. I mean, out of all of these people, how did we get these? He's, and then the heads of American business, the two most you know uh, popular and and richest and most uh, well known heads of American business, you know, one is a, a what a, a complete nut job. I mean, right? And they're Elon. Gonna, and they're going to fight each other in a cage fight. I know. Did you hear that Jack Dorsey endorsed um, Kennedy? Yeah. Interesting. Jack Dorsey, the previous yeah, Twitter. head of Twitter. But so what is uh well, but but my my point, my general point is the leadership. What leadership? Exactly. What's happened to this country in terms of our understanding of leadership? How can it be that out of three hundred and sixty million I adults, took your leadership course, by the way. You did, you got the A minus. You can you Teach us all. I would love a version of that. I'm going to do on that. On Substack. I will do that. Ooh, put it I in the will. comments if people agree. Yeah. Oh, we need it. The, the nation needs it. Um, okay, what else? I don't know. It's cold here. Well, we it were is. sweating last time I'm, we were I'm together. Cold. This coffee clutch is great, and I love the coffee, and I really enjoy meeting and sitting down with you. It's freezing. <laughs> it's know. really... It is and freezing. there have been record highs. I mean, well, yeah, it really but, is but scary. This is, but San Francisco, Berkeley, we're now in Berkeley, California. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, do, do you remember what Mark Twain, Samuel Clements, once said? He says he's, he's never been as cold as he's been. He's never had as cold as winter as a summer. The coldest winter I <laughs> ever spent yeah. was a summer in San Francisco. Summer in San Francisco. But that's is that right. even true? I feel like people have said that was a rumor that he said that. No, but it's, it's I mean, it's cold no, here. No, the concept It is, is cold right. here. I just ended a uh, a trip uh, from Denver to Berkeley with my two sons. And we road went trip. through, we went through, on that road trip, we went through the hottest places. We were in 106, 108, 109 oof, degrees. Oof. I mean, we couldn't, we, you know, we got out for hikes and the sign said, stop, you're right. going to die. Yeah. I mean, uh, a, a lot of this country is under uh, a heat wave. Uh, and and the world, climatologists the have, have found that the world, mm -hmm. the earth is now 
this past year hotter than it's been since records have been kept. I know. It's not good. It's really not. I mean, what can we say that will be upbeat? What can we... Hopefully a Democrat will win and will admit that there's a climate crisis and well, more I, I think, jobs will I, happen. And... I think the point is the democracy, Ugh. the democracy, we, we cannot get on with any of the issues we've got to deal with, uh, whether we're talking about the economy, inequality, climate change, uh, or systemic racism or any yeah. other things, unless we have a, a democracy that works. Uh, and that's why you and I and everybody, I hope, who's listening are so passionate about making sure democracy survives. That's it. Okay, that's kind of positive. Is that a positive message? Mm, I don't know. I keep I getting, oh, sorry, my phone's ringing. Sacramento. Anyone Sacramento? good? No, no. Um, the governor keeps calling you, and I, no. I just I just tell Donations, him, please. I know. A lot of people asking for donations these days. Okay. Well, so, Heather, it's been a, it's been a pleasure as it usual, has too. and, and so we stick we, with it. We've hit on some tough tough issues, uh, but um, stay positive I as agree. you normally do. Okay, so in a week, let's try and I commit to trying to be come up with some positive stuff for next week. Well, well I think people out there want to hear us talk about what's really going on. Oh, so, of course. So if we're if if stuff is tough and and concerning, we have got to face that. It's true. Okay. Okay. I guess I'll show up again next week. Will you? Make sure you do. Everybody out there, please have a good week. And we'll see you next Saturday.